0: Welcome back into the Illini Choir Podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner, talking more about the number 16 now ranked fighting Illini because the college football playoff rankings now supersede with the AP Top 25, the coaches poll uh, have, because that's the one that matters. How much does it matter today? Not that much because you still got four games coming up, but Joey Wagner, you are back on the pod. You are invited back on the pod, <laughs> and I want to get into something really simple about Illinois football but they are ranked in the college football playoff rankings they are two wins away from clinching a Big Ten West championship what a ride it has been the last six seven weeks
1: yeah I know we can get into the this this game coming up later but just to like for a reference point to the ride Jeremy it was like what do you think maybe late July early August as we were like breaking down the schedule it wasn't that long ago that I was like you know Michigan State is probably a no-go like that's probably not a probably not a, a game that we would pick Illinois to win in flash forward a few months i think we're picking a very i'd say a very but like a a two score victory over michigan state not to spoil anything they are and 17 point
0: favorites they are 17 point favorites against michigan state like i did not see either of those things for either program i expected regression for michigan state i thought illinois had a chance to compete and win this game at home I did not think they would be 17-point favorites against the Spartans. And, yes, we will get into a preview of this game coming
1: up. Which brings me into my next question. What the heck is the spread going to be for Northwestern? Oh, gosh. Oh, my God.
0: That's going to be the biggest ever. i got to find my Phil Steele book over here uh, around my desk somewhere because it has, like, the last five years of, you know, point spreads for Illinois. I don't know if Illinois has been a 20-plus favorite against, like, a group of five team, Joey, let alone – power five big 10 opponent what was the
1: spread against chattanooga what did that end ultimately end up being 13 good god (laughs) illinois is okay but that like that in a weird way jeremy that all ties back to what we started with is like what a ride this has been for the illinois football team like even a month ago they were favored by 13 over freaking chattanooga it's fine i understand chattanooga is a good fcs team but now chattanooga might
0: beat northwestern at this point
1: yeah, well, a lot of people do. I love Miami, Ohio. But now Same. you're 17 and a half over a Big Ten team that was like the bell of the ball coming in it definitely last season. I think to your point, there was some regression. But, dude, it, it was weird watching the college football playoff rankings. Like, oh, this is work now. Like, I, I opened Twitter and everyone's yelling and screaming. It's like, TCU got got like, any number of things. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like. I used to pay attention to this because I had nothing else to do during this hour of time. And now I'm like, who said, I I could not tell you what, who four through seven are right now. I have no earthly idea.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing, Joey. I hate these shows. Like, I, I, I really don't like them. Like, oh, they're money grabs. Oh, absolutely. And I get it. Like, they should come out on Sunday, right? But they come out on Tuesday because ESPN needs programming. It gets great rankings. I have to watch because it's now my job to have to watch. I don't really like these shows. Um, but it is fun fodder for college football. So I, I totally get this. Um, but I know our boy Trevor Valise said if you are if you are complaining about this ranking. What are you doing? Like Illinois is in here and listen, Penn State is one spot above Illinois. I think they're on the same tier of the Big 10. I think it's Ohio State, Michigan, and then Illinois and Penn State. I think Say that a- one more time. Just say that one more time. Ohio State, Michigan, and then Illinois and Penn State. Like it, it that is that is the tiers of the Big 10. I'm I'm interested to see if Illinois can contend with Michigan. I don't think they can against um Ohio State for 60 minutes. I, I just think Ohio State has too much firepower, but they might have that opportunity coming up, right? So so maybe we'll see. But Penn State has the number eight strength of schedule in the country. Penn State was just leading Ohio State in the fourth quarter of a football game. Illinois' best win is Wisconsin, who's four and four. Right. Like so I get it. Uh Penn State has one more loss, but those losses are to Michigan and Ohio State. So I get the ranking. Uh, The eye test, I think Illinois in a neutral field would probably be like two-point favorites, in my opinion, against them. I think they have more talent on defense. I think they're better in the trenches. I think their quarterback might be playing better. He takes care of the ball better. And while Penn State's got good running backs, Chase Brown uh, is better. So I, I think it'd be a phenomenal game. It doesn't matter right now because Illinois will have a chance to play Michigan. They'll have a chance to beat Purdue, which is probably Penn State's best win, right, week one. Uh, Auburn was a good win for them, no matter what you think of Auburn. Crushing an SEC team on the road like that is is impressive. Um, So Illinois will have its chances because they got the number 6 schedule left, I think, in the country with Michigan and Purdue on it. Uh, Michigan State, obviously, is not an easy opponent, but uh, worse than we thought. It'll all take care of itself. If Illinois beats Michigan and and beats uh, Purdue – and has a chance to go 10-2 and two by the end of the year, I think they can leap Penn State, right? Maybe they leap Penn State just by crushing Purdue, and, and they have that win that Penn State doesn't. Either way, if Illinois wants to make the college football playoff, it has to win out. It has to beat Ohio State in the championship game or Michigan twice. It's a great place to be that, that we can talk about a path to a college football playoff, a path to a New Year's Six Bowl here, Joey.
1: Yeah, right now, is that what it is right now? For me right now, it's can you just jump Penn State and be the third most attractive Big Ten team in a bowl game?
0: Maybe we're setting the the bar too low because that's what we did right, before in the season. But yes, like that is the goal right now, I think, is one, you want to win every game. You want to win a Big Ten championship. You want to beat Ohio State, get to the college football playoff. But if, I, if I'm a fan, yeah. How, how can they leap Penn State in case Michigan and Ohio State both get in the playoff? Uh, you are the chance to get into that that New year six Bowl uh, even if it's going ten and two and you and Michigan both get in one in the Orange Bowl, one in the Rose Bowl yeah, that should be a, a total goal for Illinois because they go ten and two uh win the West might have a chance to finish in the top twelve there.
1: can we talk about like the doomsday not the doomsday I, I don't want to put it like that but like the the crazy scenario that Illinois just runs this thing through all the way towards Indiana through Indianapolis that they beat they win the big Ten championship and then and then, just imagine, Jeremy, the chaos, agent of chaos here. One loss Ohio State, one loss Illinois. Illinois with the recent head-to-head win over Ohio State, Michigan, Purdue. Chaos. Chaos.
0: Illinois is in over Ohio State. God, they they beat them head-to-head. Head. If you beat them head-to-head and they're both one-loss- Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't, but like
1: <laughs> that, There's going to be some... I can't believe we're wasting people's time having this discussion. There, there's going to be Maybe so much like... But yeah, yeah, it's fair. Like, there's gonna be so much of like national thought of like fighting the perception of Illinois versus like Ohio. It's that that is interesting conversation. But to me, win the West, jump Purdue or jump Penn State, and see what the heck happens from there. because like, I think those are two attain, like very attainable things, if not likely to win the West, and then go from there. But just get your, if you can get into a New Year Six bowl, dude, that's a come on, hey, come on. We thought they might lose to Michigan State three months ago
0: doesn't happen very often in this program right three times that they've done that um since 1984 <laughs> like um it's it, or two times sorry it, it would, this would be the third time all right I, this is what this is what i wanted to start with joey it's very simple very general like illinois is legit good like, i've gone on yeah. a fucking michigan state shows and they've said how good is illinois and i said i get the question because the strength of schedule is not great. Again, their best win is probably Wisconsin. I think that's going to end up of the wins they have so far, the best win. Because I think Wisconsin's a pretty good team that's had a tough schedule and lost to Illinois, right? Um, so I think Wisconsin will end up a pretty good win for Illinois. You know, Purdue could end up a very good win for Illinois. But the way they're doing it, Joey, like they are outscoring opponents, what, 208 to 71 so far this season? They are dominating. In the trenches they are running the football, they are passing the ball efficiently. They obviously have the number one defense in the country. We'll see how that sustains against a passing offense in of Michigan State, passing offense of Purdue. But I liked what they did against a passing offense that Nebraska has. And then, of course, Michigan's a different style. Uh, you know, Wisconsin on steroids right now uh, with the way they play physically on offense. But this team's legit good. Like, I against Penn State, again, I think they would be a pick 'em or potentially a favorite based on what I've seen with the eye test against traditionally really good Big Ten teams in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. So I don't find anything fluky about this. Like 2019, you could find fluky things about that four-game win streak. The the Michigan State game, everything went right. That could go right in the second half. Wisconsin, everything that could go right in that fourth quarter went right. Um, you got the rain in Purdue, right? Like But this one doesn't feel nearly as fluky. They are winning in the trenches, and they are winning with their game management uh, and efficiency, to be honest with
1: you. Yeah, we said it in Madison, right? When when we were just trying to dissect what that win was, Illinois was was just playing good football. They're playing good football because they are a good football team. Uh, Those two don't always pair up, I don't think. I think you can – 2019, I think they were playing elements of good football. I don't know they were necessarily a good football team.
0: Well, like Minnesota Uh, was playing good football early – Against bad football teams, like Illinois, right. Illinois is playing really good football against mediocre Big Ten teams.
1: Yeah, and, and you wrote about this today, but I think the point that like would hold—I like always use the analogy—if like you're walking through the college football neighborhood, like the, what would hold you back from stopping and staring at the Illinois house is like maybe the points aren't as skewed one way. Like, like to your point, Michigan or Minnesota was earlier, where you're just blowing through teams. Illinois is doing that in a lot of ways, but not in the point way. And I know you wrote about it, uh, kind of some of that's by design in the fourth quarter to let your foot off the gas a little bit and, and know what your defense is. And we talked about the red zone issues. But I think if you if you're not taking your foot off the gas offensively a little bit, if you punch in those red zone issues, then the yardage numbers, the time of possession numbers, the turnovers numbers, all the like the the things that you can look at and say, Wow, that's really that's pretty striking the difference uh, between Illinois and its opponents. That's when I think you'd be like, "Holy smokes!" Like this is yeah. they're they're doing exactly what they mean. It's just it so happens that the margin of victory hasn't always been like Illinois beat a team what to what now. Like that's just not happened in a lot of ways this year.
0: But still, a twelve point victory over Minnesota is not nothing, right? right like a nineteen right. point victory over Nebraska. Yeah, the offensive numbers. Like I think if you had said before the season, Illinois is going to score five more points a game, six more points a game, you'd be like, "Okay, that's a big leap." Like they're going to make a bowl game. <laughs> Um, but the way they're doing it, the way they're controlling the clock. And and I wrote about this, the second half dominance of this team is just striking. They're outscoring opponents, 83 to 17 in the second half. And I wrote a big story about this. The coaches were great about it. Um, but the halftime adjustments thing ryan walters thinks is real kevin kane is the eye in the sky the players giving them feedback on the sidelines andy boo who's been a defensive coordinator you know aaron henry and terrence jameson all playing a role and ryan walters coordinating it but he says those 20 minutes at halftime where we can make adjustments are huge because teams have had some success early against illinois wisconsin's first drive easy touchdown right um we we go back to what Nebraska did three of the first four drives if it weren't for that interception by Quan Martin, a bad pass by Casey Thompson and a good play by Quan, They were driving right there and, and they, they saw some things in their scout that they were able to execute, but those things don't last. Uh, and the defense just absolutely dominates in the second half. And one of the touchdowns they gave up Joey was after that kick return. It was one play four yard drive. So like really it's basically 10 points they've given up in, in the second half. And the offense deserves some credit from that, though, right? The defense has no doubt been dominant. But when you're on the field for 95 of 240 minutes as a defense, you're not going to give up very many points. Like, Illinois has been able to milk away that clock. They still get aggressive on third downs. They still are able to convert and move the ball. But the way they've been able to run the ball when teams know they're going to run in the second half has been very impressive. And kudos to Barry Loney Jr. He's not going, "Hey, I need to, I need to show why I'm here in the st- in the stats." Like, I need to show, I need to score more than 30, or I need to to do this and this. Uh, he's just doing what he needs to do to help win games so with a dominant defense. Sometimes when you have a lead in the second half, which they've had a lead, they haven't been trailing uh, in the sec- in the, going into the fourth quarter in a game yet. Uh, Even against Indiana, they are up one there, right? So they haven't had that moment yet. They're probably going to have it at some point where you have to get aggressive, all those things. But the way they're playing complementary football, the way offense is moving the ball, running the ball, churning the clock, and not turning it over has been very impressive. Since that Indiana game, they had three turnovers in the second half, Joey. They have two turnovers in the final six uh, second halves of the season so far.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Barry Lunny could easily have felt pressure to come in and because we've talked about what I don't say rides on the season, but what's entwined, like some of the recruiting pitches, like what's entwined in, in this year. But also kudos to Tommy DeVito. Like there are RPO options based in there, and he could, I don't know if this is the right word, he can get like bored.
0: Rex Grossman. But yeah.
1: Yeah. But Casey not, Thompson, like, that he, thing. He's staying within the framework and it's working. And I get it. It's maybe not always the most, uh, like The sexiest thing to wad, and the stats don't always – the score, I should say, it you know doesn't it's, always you
0: – No, know it's sexy wins. It's going to look pretty – those wins because are going to look it, pretty
1: good in a lot of bank accounts in the Smith Center
0: soon. Because Barry and Brett and their whole thing is, if we turn it over, right, and put our guys in a bad spot like this special teams, put them in a bad spot at the beginning of that half against Minnesota, all of a sudden it's a different game. It's, it's a completely different game. Maybe you lose one of those, uh, and you have a, a meltdown, like, like we've seen so many years past with Illinois.
1: Yeah, it's it's what it takes to win, and some of that I mean, they they didn't say this, but I'm just thinking out loud. Is there's still not the biggest margin for error on this team, right? Like if you if you do that, you turn it over. It's just just know where you got, man. Just be who you are. And right now, all all that matters in year two, because like I, I don't think this is a stretch to say that I don't think you and I expect to be covering a college football playoff game. In like I, I'm not trying to. Yeah,
0: that is not my expectation. I would love so, to. So, it is not my expectation.
1: Yeah. So the expectation is if, if you're not trying to to sexy up your your numbers or what you look like to get into that, the expectation is stack the wins mm-hmm. and win the West. And this is the way to do that. It's interesting. It, it is interesting. And but it works, right. right? Like it. It is crazy that everyone knows Chase Brown's getting the ball. I'm really interested to see how much Josh McRae plays this week. I think we were kind of. Uh, I don't know, let astray, or, or take, gone astray last week, but they know Chase Brown's running the ball. Mm-hmm. Chase Brown still runs the ball and gets the numbers and try to get himself to New York. That's, right. That's, That's right. what it is. It's just, it's just a really interesting approach, Jeremy, it, but it's not quite
0: being the ball. Yeah, he's, he's been more aggressive this year, right? Yeah. Like I don't think Illinois has not been aggressive. Uh, they're just not as aggressive when they have a two-score lead. Right, like, and they've had a two-score lead a lot in the second half. And
1: that's not look, dude. Come on, this isn't also like an anomaly either, right? Like a lot of teams get a two-score lead, with the defense, yeah. it's like, yeah. you stay healthy, you you avoid injury. As Brett You've said, to do.
0: I didn't think Minnesota could score two touchdowns on our guys. I didn't think Nebraska could score two touchdowns on our guys with Chuba Purdy in the game. Like he didn't say Chuba Purdy, but we know. Like that's a smart thing to do. And they they milked away that game. They've had they've had the ball in the fourth quarter. For thirty-four more minutes than the opponent, right? Thirty-four minutes in hundred and twenty minutes of time, they've had it more—thirty-four minutes more. Like that's that's insane. Uh, what they're able to do, uh, Joe. You you wrote this this week as well. I asked uh, Ryan Walters a little bit about it, but this defense—I get—we talked about after the Nebraska game. They are playing with an edge, man, and and it comes from the coaching staff. It also seems to be innate to a couple players: Devin Witherspoon, Sidney Brown. Um, Those two, especially, but Quan Martin seems to have gotten the bug just pile driving people. And the, the defensive front certainly has too.
1: Yeah. It is, it, it's interesting. You said Sydney, I asked uh, Alec Bryant. I said, look, so we talked to Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton and Alec Bryant on Wednesday and the, the pretty, I mean, it wasn't even a question, like who talks the most. And it's Devin Witherspoon and that passes exactly what we see mm-hmm. on the field. So I asked Alec Bryan, I said, who's the one who, if they talk, you're like, oh, oh, okay. He goes, it's Sidney Brown. He goes, he's so dialed in, which actually fits exactly what I would think with Sidney Brown. Like, I'm not going to talk, I'm just going to, he just hits you. Yeah. I that's how, <laughs> like, he that's talks. how you know.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I asked Seth Coleman after the game, because we've heard this in the coaching staff. I go, who do you want in the, is he the guy you want in the back alley, right? Uh, of everybody in the team? He goes, no doubt. No doubt it's Sidney Brown. I wonder, I would just, if, Sydney Brown's going to be
1: gone after this season, but it would have been fun to ask the freshmen, like the freshman defensive players, like when you first met Sydney, what was he's a tremendously nice guy. Yes, like when you first kind of got your on-field sense of Sydney Brown, it's kind of got to be a little jarring, right? Like he's so intense on the field, but the, the point is they do play with an edge, and I and I know watching it, like we see it, we see fans, they're like, "Well, going to get a flag, might it might." it's also the reason, a lot of the reason, or part of the reason why this defense yeah. is having so much success because they are confident. They're not afraid to express that and play with that. And they and understand the scheme's good and they get the scheme and it all plays together.
0: I, th- I think we saw a couple of those penalties against Indiana, right? Like you went back though and dug up the stat of the personal fouls for the defense, at least when it comes to like talking. like six. Yeah.
1: It was six. So they say personal foul. So is that late hit? Is it? It's just a, the book says six, but I only saw three unsportsmanlike conduct in the book, which is interesting. And now, I did go back and watch one at Wisconsin, and it was called a personal foul in the book. And when they, the ref said it, he said unsportsmanlike yeah. conduct. But that's not a lot over the course of eight games. So I guess maybe it is, but when you factor in like what this defense is kind of about and the swagger, it's
0: kind of It comes with it a little bit, right? Can't have it in a big moment. That's the key. Right, like, can't, that's can't right. Yeah, it but it hasn't hurt them. Yeah.
1: And let's be fair, one against Indiana was garbage. That's right. The Kendall Smith shushed the crowd, which a lot of football players have shushed the crowd. Oh, no! Think board. of the children! Know, the audacity. <laughs> uh, imagine... So going a tw- back, 23
0: year old man, 24 year old man shushing a crowd. Oh gosh!
1: Should they retroactively have gone back and given IO the uh, like attack for like pumping the crowd down right. at Michigan when he hit that shot? I mean, that's part of that. That was a crappy flag, but but really, it's not been a lot, Jeremy. That's the point, and and it all plays in. Dude, the defense is really good. Yeah.
0: And when you're good, you start to get national attention, some award season stuff. Gabe Akis named uh, today, this is Thursday, the semifinalist for the Sean Freshman, uh, Sean Alexander Freshman of the Year Award. Didn't know Sean Alexander had a Freshman of the Year Award, but. This- I was
1: going to say, were you surprised to see that? I was like, what the heck? Sean <laughs> Alexander was just rushing Great player. all Alabama. those touchdowns yeah. like yesterday.
0: Yeah, yeah. Seattle Seahawks. I remember that draft when he was drafted with Seattle. I think Seattle had two picks. It was Chris McIntosh and Sean Alexander. I was a draft nerd back then. Um but Gabe Akis won one of 14. I don't I don't get into it as much now. Uh but Gabe Akis, one of 14 freshmen, three Big Ten freshmen. Uh, he's tied for the lead with with freshmen and sacks with four. He has the most pressures among freshmen. I mean, you gotta have a big year uh to, to go and win award like this, but that that's a heck of a statement. Chase Brown, one of 20 players, named a semifinalist for the Maxwell Award, which is basically the Heisman's younger brother or little brother like it's it's just, usually the the Heisman goes to the same guy that gets the Maxwell uh Devin Witherspoon and Johnny Newton two of 20 finalists semi for the Bednarik award so Illinois has two guys for the nation's top defensive player award pretty amazing uh that you have two guys up for that award. I think the last guy up for that award was Whitney Merciless um so that That's good. That's good A pub for, for both those guys. And I think another sign, both those guys probably can make to the leap to the NFL.
1: Yeah, it, it is good pub. And that's what it comes down to. And especially, I don't know I, if I, if you're just saying like, if you're recruiting a corner or a defensive lineman, that's a pretty good, pretty good graphic to send out yep. when you're texting with someone, right? Is there two guys on this and both those guys were here. Johnny Newton, not as much as Devin Witherspoon for some crappy defenses. Mm-hmm. And they've really like the defense has come a long way. Those guys are a huge part of that. It's you're starting to see this. It's like semifinalists, it's different. Like the watch list, you're like, okay. Yeah. But now you get into the semifinalists, like, oh, oh, dang. Yeah. Like they're, they're right in this conversation. It's, it's a hell of a turnaround, Jeremy. I know we've talked a lot about the defense, but to have two guys on that list, maybe they win it. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I don't think you and I are projecting one way or the other. But just to be in that conversation, and when you scroll down, if you're a national media member, if you're a casual fan, and, I mean, there's a lot of schools that are the, the likely candidates, right? You're going to see yeah. Alabama, you're going to see Georgia, you're going to see – then to see Illinois twice, like, what the heck?
0: Illinois has got more guys on the list than Georgia. It's them and <laughs> Alabama with two guys on that list. The, the We Illinois always
1: team. knew they were on the same tier and covering <laughs> this program, Jeremy. It was very clear to us, so that's how it was. Yeah.
0: All right, Joe, let's dive into this Michigan State matchup. Actually, before we get to that, um, Aiden Lawfrey, uh, Brett Bielma gave you guys an injury update today. Didn't
1: say what the injury is, but he's out four to six weeks. He's, I don't think, I think he's played one game, Jeremy, mm-hmm. that's if, if that's shirt. right. So I guess if, you know, however a bowl lines up, maybe you could get him out there. Maybe that's all we see of him. But so basically, guaranteed he's going to preserve a red shirt uh, going into next season. But it's it's an interesting development because you and I I think we had stopped probably like two weeks ago yeah. uh, kind of <laughs> wondering. But he was a guy we thought could go in there and carve out a role because he's got so much speed. We thought there's different ways they could use him. So it's, uh, it's not a big loss in terms of production, but it's an interesting loss for just what's that look like in the running back room, especially among true freshmen. You see more Josh or Jordan Anderson. Obviously, Josh McCray is coming back. It's it's an interesting development there
0: yeah it's it's disappointing and the only question I had about Aiden lawfrey coming into college was he had these kind of nagging injuries through through high school um and whether that was fair or unfair it's like oh if he's got those kind of soft tissue kind of things I know he had an ankle um I think he had a calf as well It's like you know can he get through those at the college level and he's had a couple injuries here one in camp and now here where it's like ah oh, man and that makes me question like can you bank on him? Cause I think he was a guy they're really banking on next year. Now they continue to say good things about Reggie love, but I think we see Reggie love. Isn't the most explosive guy compared to chase Brown. Not many are, but Josh McCray is going to be one of your lead backs next year. Who's the other guy, you know, gay back, you know, guys like Jordan Anderson starting to travel. I think he traveled now. Cause Aiden didn't, um, you know, Caden Fagan's coming in. I think he's going to need time to develop. But those are big guys. You need an explosive back, and I think Aiden Lawford certainly is the most explosive guy there. So I'll, I'll throw it out there, Joey. Like I know some people have talked about this running back in the transfer portal. You got a heck of a sell. You're going to have a potential Heisman guy. I wouldn't be close-minded to it. It's not your biggest need. I think you got that guys there that can be good. You got an offense, offensive line. I think that'll be good next year. Um, I think quarterback, defensive line, offensive line are, are still more important, but with no scholarship limits per class, if you got a spot, I wouldn't mind going to find a, an explosive running back in the transfer portal.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it has to be viewed as a top five need on this team. I don't think you would take one just to – no. For the sake of it either. It's gotta be a great one. Good one. Right. You and, and you've seen this happen. and I, I joked about it a minute ago, but like I think you saw Alabama go in and get the guy from Georgia Tech mm-hmm. last year. So like I think dude, it's a good pitch. And this isn't a one off pitch either. Right? I think that also has to factor into it is Brabbilma has coached teams. Barry loney has been the OC on teams where you've had running back. So I think it's like a to me, if you do it, and we don't know that they're going to or not going to it's got to be a very selective approach. And it's, I mean, you can go, you, you got a really hot pitch, man. Yeah. And this is as good as,
0: as any pitch you have on the team. It's as good as Michigan state's pitch was right. This off season with Kenneth Walker and they went and got Jalen burgers, a former four-star guy. Now. He's had a solid year. Uh, Most of it was early. He's got a bad offensive line. Like, Illinois, I don't think it's going to have a bad offensive line next year. they got question marks, but I think they're going to fill those spots. So, um, you know, they also got Jarek Broussard, I think, from Colorado, who's a former and very highly ranked prospect. I think Illinois can get a guy like that.
1: Yeah, and I think, again, I I wouldn't go just get the first back, and I don't think they will, that picks up and answers the phone when you call. But you're going to have – a heck of a pitch to put out there and really just cherry pick right if you get someone outstanding i don't know that it's like a requirement but if you if you can yeah man you got you got some options there we'll see how it plays it's interesting to see how that might play out Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
0: All right, Michigan State, three and five, one and four in the Big Ten, and as disappointing and as underwhelming as they've been on the field, especially during Big Ten play here. Their, their numbers during Big Ten play uh, are, are really bad there's a bigger deal going on at Michigan State. Mel Tucker said he didn't even watch any Illinois film as of Monday afternoon, right? So he had his... Not that his staff didn't, right? His staff was getting plenty prepared for this game. But there's a distraction element, but there's more importantly, Joey, they have eight players out on defense. And that's what we know so far. I don't know if there'll be any more. But some of these guys are significant contributors. Jacoby Winman leads the team with 10.5 tackles for loss, 5.5 sacks. He hasn't been as good... Uh, during Big Ten play, but he's a two-time Big Ten defense player of the week this year. Angelo Gross, their they're starting safety, kind of playing a nickel role. He's third on the team in tackles, second in pass breakups. Brandon Wright and Zion Young don't have massive numbers, but they're two of their best edge guys this season. Justin White is a rotational defensive back, and that's on top of Chris Bogle. Their their you know, highly rated transfer from Florida is out with an injury. They have gotten Xavier Henderson and Jacob Slade, probably their two best defenders back from injury the last couple of weeks. But that's not a good thing for a team that's struggled to stop people regardless. So Illinois is not only getting an underwhelming team, potentially a distracted team, but a short-handed Michigan State team.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. This Michigan State defense wasn't great with those guys, or particularly good with those guys. And it so happens, uh, especially when, when you look at some of those positions, the things that Michigan State doesn't do well defensively, which, yes, in fairness, is probably most things, yeah. but particularly stopping the run, Illinois does really well. Now you're, you're losing depth on that defensive front, and Illinois has talked – they're proud of their ability, Jeremy, to go in there, and in that – and to your point – or our point from earlier – in that third quarter in that fourth quarter to just just wear you down like yeah. they're they're okay with doing that now you're talking you're taking bodies out of that rotation and starters and productive players that's significant i mean and it was an ugly scene by the way in ann arbor that yeah. was that was tough i mean that was just it's horrible but yeah man it's interesting it, it's it's why i don't know this is going to be very close. <laughs> yeah, let's
0: let's put it this way. Illinois number 1 in the Big 10 in rushing defense during conference play. They are out of conference play, but they're allowing 58 yards rushing yards per game during Big 10 play. And that's to Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska. Michigan State is number 13 during conference play in rushing offense 56 yards per game. So, yeah, probably not going to go too well there. Illinois number 2 in the Big 10 in rushing offense during Big 10 play. Again, great defenses they've kind of gone up against are traditionally good defenses 192 rushing yards per game they're averaging during conference play Michigan State is allowing the most rushing yards during conference play at 216 we'll get to some concerns that Michigan State can pose to Illinois that bodes incredibly well for Illinois they should own the trenches now Jacob Slade is back he's really good was great last year still coming back from injury but Illinois has such an advantage in the rushing game.
1: Yeah, which I know we touched on it earlier, but what does that mean for Josh McCray, who has practice this week? Brett Bielema said Chase Brown's got a class on Wednesday, left practice a little early to attend that class. Josh McCray got the ones. I've always kind of thought, like especially when you have someone like Josh who's coming back, and I thought Nebraska did fit this mold too. Like I think Brett Bielema knows... Like he's smart about where Josh could have success. And maybe I said this last week. Like, you put a team that's depleted up front that doesn't stop the run very well anyway. Like, that's enough to get your guy doing the little shoulder roll thing here. If you can have him come in against a, a defense that struggles to stop the run and put up numbers, like, that's an interesting part of this. I don't think it has to just be Chase Brown. I think, in fact, Jeremy, the game plan could be very similar to what you and I and, and everyone else watching Lincoln, where you don't have to. Don't have to stretch much. You can just rely on the run, take the short passes, yeah. and get the heck to Purdue with a chance to win the West.
0: Yeah, and I've been looking at the the latest uh, weather reports here, Joey, and if it's not going to be wet during the game, it's going to be damp uh, because it's supposed to rain at least Saturday morning, but it's supposed to be very, very windy. Uh, 25 miles an hour is the average that I saw, uh, which certainly is going to mess up the kicking game, but – Which team is the the team that needs to pass more? It's Michigan State, right? And they got some talented passers. We'll get to passing options here. We'll talk about that here in a second. That seems to play in Illinois hands. This has been a phenomenal weather year for Illinois football and college football in general in the Midwest. This one could get sloppy. And again, as long as Illinois doesn't fumble the ball four times, this seems to play in their hands.
1: It does. I will say, I like the chaos of it I was kind of hoping this was going to be like the Purdue monsoon from 2019 I think it would have been been fun to watch I'd rather not have a
0: four hour lightning delay I'd rather not yeah
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah. watching our friends from Iowa cover that earlier this year looked looked pretty miserable but yeah I mean weather's been good it sounds kind of stupid to say like weather weather because like Illinois is a good team and you don't have to worry about weather the weather outside
0: is weather oh god Put up sure. my Christmas lights today, by the way, November third.
1: I don't even have a tree.
0: That's okay. You're you're single, man, kind of, kind of single. Man. I don't, don't even, don't even. Have not, not to lights. get kind of single. Don't
1: have a, don't have a tree, but a life. Ah,
0: yeah, but doing? it was, oh, yeah. it, it's, it was seventy degrees out. The wife asked, and I was like, sure, let's do it. Uh, we're not gonna flip them on until Thanksgiving night, but I would have put them
1: on a little earlier. Why not? What are you gonna like? wait like maybe she's asleep. just you just turn them on to get like the dad phil of seeing your yeah your turned on there is yeah. something about
0: it joey like i don't love doing those things like i am not the handy guy like surprise surprise i'm not, not a handy guy <laughs> i write for a living uh very very white collar over here but turning those on or it's it's like after you're done mowing the lawn it's just you feel accomplished you feel a little bit like a man and when, when you put those lights on, it just goes on. You're like, yep, I did that. That was, was really difficult. I did that. You must not know the thrill of throwing seven touchdowns
1: in a game in Madden and then kicking your feet up and knowing what you've accomplished that day. I hope one day you find that. Maybe I'll take an Xbox to the bowl game and I will.
0: If, if I'm lucky, I'll find that joy someday, Joey. Oh, boy, I hope you sure do.
1: Um, to, to the point, yes, the thing Michigan State does well. The weather could impact, and, and I think – I don't know that Illinois has to stretch the field, Jeremy. I, I honestly don't know that this is going to play out much different. But entertain me,
0: like throw it deep.
1: Why? I agree. <laughs> we just talked about. I know you're joking, but we just <laughs> talked about this. You don't have to just win the freaking game. I'm talking. To, I'm, to talking to like, sim- I'm talking
0: to like. I'm talking like the two percent of people that actually complained about that. So sorry. Sorry to play to the lowest common denominator.
1: I hope you get roasted for that. <laughs> I just I, seriously, do you think it's going to be that different than what it was in
0: Lincoln? No, I think it's the exact same kind of team. Uh, you know, I you know Peyton Thorne might be a little bit smarter um with his decision making. Casey Thompson assume more... he's going to play the whole game too, right? Yeah. I mean, you go in assuming that. yeah, Casey Thompson's really talented, really talented. And uh, Trey Palmer's really talented. But here's my concern is these are probably you know, sometimes you hear these coaches, you know, before the week, it sounds like they're playing the greatest team ever. I do think Ryan Walters is being truthful when he says this is the best group of wide receivers we played all year. Because Jaden Reed, we all know what he can do. Like when he became a transfer from Western Michigan, a kid from Naperville, it was like, Illinois needs that kind of game. Um, they need that kind of dynamic wide receiver. A little smaller, but just makes great contested catches. Can do so much after the catch. Um, just a, an NFL kind of slot receiver. He was an All-American last year. Almost a surprise he came back. But Put on Kian Coleman's film, man. Illinois has not played a 6'4", 230, go up and get it. Great athlete, like he looks like a future, very high draft pick. Um, so I I do think he he gives you something different that like Trey Palmer's not that big and that uh, like you know what I mean like that kind of I guess in the news, Joey. Good news for me, maybe not so much for you. He he reminds you a little bit of Chase Claypool, like the way he can make plays on the ball. Sorry. Come really. man yeah I
1: think Trey Palmer is the best receiver Illinois has seen
0: yeah I think that will still
1: stand to be the case on Sunday yeah after this game but this is the best duo yeah there's that, two of them. that Illinois has seen all year which not to spoil what well, I don't know what's going to post first I don't care I already halfway through the conversation Taz Nicholson like, I think Taz Nicholson has played good ball and I don't think that's really debatable it's a good test for him because there's going to be more asked of him. In seven games from now, when when he's back, so, I mean, that's that's a it's a good test to see kind of how he stacks up. And look, I think we have to acknowledge, like after the Trey Palmer deal, yeah, I think this secondary. Not that they ever lacked confidence, yeah. but I mean, you got to be really understanding who you are as a secondary. That's really dang good.
0: I'm not saying I'm gonna say Michigan State's gonna win those battles, right? Because what? Why right. would you at this point? But it's a different thing, like, and they are good. Like Those wide receivers are very good. That said, it has not amounted to anything during Big Ten play, except for the Wisconsin game. The Wisconsin game, they were able to score. Uh, Keon Coleman had a good game. Jaden Reed had a fantastic game. Uh, Jaden Reed has been banged up uh, early in the year, and now seems like he's getting healthy. And Trey Mosley is kind of a veteran guy, possession guy, that can move the chain. So th- it's, it's a deeper, talented receiver group. But if Illinois can stop the run, and you know – you can get pressure uh, on Peyton Thorne, which Illinois has done all year. I think it can be the same results you got against Nebraska. Yeah, they're going to get a few. They're going to get a few. But can they score points, 20-something points against Illinois? I don't think so.
1: They may even get a couple – I mean, long, broken – we saw it against Indiana, right? I right. think there might be some of that. I think Daniel Barker, obviously, we haven't brought him up yet. Yeah. Interesting. Jeremy is interesting because we saw Nebraska try to – Put some of those linebackers in coverage conflicts last week, and have some success doing that. We know Daniel Barker is a really good football player. Numbers haven't jumped off the page. Michigan State's had a couple nice games, but I'll, I'll be curious if Michigan State Michigan State tries to to get him in some of those conflicts with some linebackers and take advantage of that.
0: Sidney Brown on him, right? Sidney so, Brown's been covering a lot of tight ends, but yeah, I mean getting those linebackers in, in conflict with tight ends, multiple tight ends and running backs. Like that'll be interesting to see how Illinois handles that. But you know, somebody tweeted at us like "Nope, score prediction. Uh, I guess I'll throw it out here. Cause we, we do have it in our, on our website, but I'm going 24, seven. I repping the, the company here. Um, what I'm a good I,
1: company, I, man. This I, guy.
0: I don't think Illinois is going to have to score that much. I do think the conditions are going to play a role here. I think Owner's gonna have the ball for thirty five plus minutes. I think that yeah. I think it's gonna be a really good thing for them.
1: I went thirty one ten and I don't know that that feels a little high. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised it's like a twenty eight ten yeah type deal because kicking it is gonna be the most uh favorable thing you wouldn't think with the winds. Kale Griffin way, can but, do
0: anything now after a couple but, weeks off.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think the big point, Joe, like you and I both think one, I, th- I think you think this. 17-and-a-half is a big spread for a Big Ten football game. Sure is. And two, I think we both think Illinois is going to cover it. Yeah, I, 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 had, co- right? I had
0: them covering earlier. If it's 17-and-a-half now, I, just, I have not at 17. That's a, I wouldn't bet that number. Like if, it, if it, I think it opened at 12 or 11. I would have bet Illinois over there. Um, but, yeah, seven, that's, that's a, a big number. huge number. Especially I think I, the, I saw someone
1: post, it's the biggest since Rutgers in 19, and 19 Rutgers was
0: if, yuck. If the over-under is still 41-and-a-half, I'd take under.
1: Yeah, I guess I would too. Yeah. Boy, I'm not good at math. I really hope <laughs> doing
0: math on the fly. I can see working through it. Oh.
1: The something it's it's really again uh, opened up with this. This was a game, Jeremy. When game by game is like no, nope, not gonna happen. Like it's it's really and again that's how seasons play out. Yeah. Not usually like this for Illinois. Like the nope games for Illinois usually remain nope games until November. But, man, what a, a fall for Michigan State this season. And just a, a huge rise for Illinois.
0: Yeah, let me get back to that because I've been asked about that a couple times. Um, we got to do our picks to click. Who won last week? Do we both win the defensive one? Because you had Devin Witherspoon and Quan Martin, who were awesome. But I had Seth Coleman, who also was awesome. And that was kind of a bolder pick, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, Seth Coleman made the play that changed the game, but Devin Witherspoon and Quan Martin – held the guy Trey Palmer to one catch for one yard well he
1: had no catches against those two I think we
0: both win All right, my guys.
1: weekly tradition is the mental gymnastics you take to try to talk yourself <laughs> into
0: a pick to click win I love
1: it it was an underrated I mean pick, I think I think, I think we Pullman. both
0: win. I think we should both win that one because that play okay. changed the game and it he did. had it he did. had many other great plays too like you could have picked anybody on the defense and probably won that except Almost. for maybe the linebackers yeah, yeah. Who
1: I, offensively I did not win.
0: I had, Pat I had Bryant, Josh McCray. Yeah. I had Pat Brown. He didn't have a catch. So
1: so we did not win. <laughs> we both all. lose and we both win. How about that? Okay. All right. That, that's fine.
0: All right. Who are you picking to click on this one?
1: You want to start with offense or defense? Let's go offense. Okay. So we're still in the non Chase Brown category. Um, God, I want to go back to McCray, but I can't. I can't. I, I'm taking
0: him, Josh McCray. Damn it. Touchdown. He's going to get a touchdown. All right.
1: I, I just, I I said it, Jeremy. I really do think, like, this is, and I, I think he would have done it last week. But is smart, man. No. I think he knows getting McCray back and to say, hey, your first game, you had 8, 9, 10 carries, 65 yards and a score. Welcome back. And, oh. Like, get a little buzz. I, I
0: can't will take give him. I will give you Chase Brown, but he has to go over 150 yards to win.
1: Ooh. Well, okay, so what if he goes over 150 yards? How are you going to talk yourself into Josh McRae winning
0: no, next week? Like, If Josh McRae gets a touchdown, I win. If Chase Brown gets over 150, you win. So because we
1: just saw this in Lincoln, yeah. none of us want to get involved with the passing back picture. I mean, I, Isaiah Williams
0: would probably <laughs> be a good fit because he gets 10 touches a game.
1: Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take the Chase Brown thing. If he goes over 150, there's no yeah. touchdown requirements here, right? No, I think he will get one. Okay. Yeah. Great. What a great pick to click. There you go. Go with the running back.
0: So you're going who over...
1: thought? Who would have thought we would take both we'll take running backs into the Brett be team? Right. Which isn't the most fair because they, they are much more effective passing. Defense.
0: Can I take my guy that I have in our preview? Yeah. It's Taz Nicholson. Taz has what to does, step up.
1: What's it look like? What, what does a win for him look like?
0: PFF, like what would it look like? Um, that's a great question. Seventy plus grade in PFF um, targets. He they get completions on like half of them or under. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like an NFL rating under
1: eighty. But probably no more than I would say. Like if, if he allows like one hundred fifteen pass yards, yeah. probably no. Cause,
0: uh, yeah, because I'm not like predicting him to have Devin Witherspoon right. or Quan Martin's yeah, yeah, game, yeah. but I just think he's such a key player here given the depth they have at wide receiver and the two stars they have there. So that's big. Um, I should probably take a guy up front because Michigan State's offensive line stinks.
1: What a transition. You're good at this. You could have had a future in radio one day, Jeremy. Uh, Johnny Newton. Like he's been quieter than the nine pressure against any. I just think he's he's on it, dude. He is playing really good ball. I think he's going to have a chance to get some pressures. Maybe I should have taken someone on the edge I guess for him to win, what's that look like? Six, seven quarterback pressures, maybe a half a sack and a full TFL.
0: If Johnny Newton has a normal game, you probably win this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: <I> know. <laughs> a like normal Johnny that, Newton. Like, game. oh dang, he that front. That's a fierce group, dude. Yeah, we, I, I thought he had the best quote in the defense story. I said, yeah, where was that edge come from?" He said, "We feel like when people get on the field with us, it's disrespectful." <laughs> And I was like,
0: my God, it's a phenomenal quote. Like I, I guess you could have that in your normal daily life, right? Like you and I go in there and be like, we're going to crush this, right? We're going to crush this coverage, but to actually do it in something you have to do physically. like that is
1: There's almost nothing physically that I would say that like
0: this, like this man disrespects me by standing next to me in the sandwich shop.
1: I could just take this guy, dude. What an awesome... Like, I long to have that mindset in anything that requires physicality.
0: Good for him. Good for him. They're,
1: they're really, and you know what? He's backed it up. That's what Keith Randall said. He goes, you know what? You can talk. if You, you can't really talk if you don't back it up. They do.
0: Unless they you're do. Devin Witherspoon. He he does it anyway. That's
1: what Keith said. And <laughs> as a matter of fact... He, and he, he also happens to back it up. How many times has he not backed it up?
0: This year? His entire career, man. He's undered up playing as a freshman. I remember... We had him as like our freshman of the year for Illinois back in 2019 when That's they were right, You
1: did. He was great, man. We got to bring remember, that back. I remember. I still remember. uh It was probably, he. He arrived maybe like the third day. Of no, they'd already gone through the acclimation period. It was like seven uh, so they days could, in, yeah. So they could have pads, and here's skinny Devin Witherspoon. And if I'm remembering correctly, he's in like basketball shorts mm-hmm. and an Illinois shirt, but he had the helmet on. It looked hysterical because he was not a very big guy, and he had the helmet on. And I'm like, "What? Yeah. what is going on here? What is it? Hey, Luffy Smith found some dudes. It's, it's, and it's, it's amazing, man. You know, another freshman
0: DB came in that class? Marquez Beeson. And, he, and right, he, here's he Devin Witherspoon doing what he's doing, man.
1: About to get paid. Yeah, big time.
0: All right, uh, anything else left on, on this game, this matchup, Joey? Help me with some
1: over-unders you're set Illinois rushing yards and Michigan State rushing yards
0: I think Michigan State should be 56 and a half I
1: think so too. That's about the
0: averages that have both of them uh both sides of the ball uh during Big 10 play
1: In my I, I don't want to spoil cuz I don't know what I'm going to go with any other time I'd be like of course you would take the over there yeah. right like just that is not a lot of rushing yards
0: uh and Illinois rushing yards 199.5
1: that's going to require some thinking. Because Chase, will, Chase will probably
0: get you, like we were talking about, 150. Tommy DeVito can get you, like, 30. And if Josh McCray is healthy, trying to whittle away a game late in the game, especially on a, a windy day, they're going to run the ball a lot. They're probably going to run the ball 50 times. So
1: Setting up uh, – the, the, the only interest – I say the only interest. There's all sorts of sub-storylines. The fact that Illinois – has to beat Michigan State to go in with a win and win the west game at home on senior day. It's like a it's a perfect script, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Not to give away and I mean, it, honestly if you cover this team and you miss that angle for shame. <laughs> like that's a wow.
0: Yeah. It's amazing they could be 8 and 1 if they take care of business here which I, I just have very little doubts they do based on what they've done here recently. Can we get into that real quick? Yeah, it's just been, I, it's just been such that. a workman-like, business-like last few weeks. Iowa, they overcame adversity, right? But these last two games, because Minnesota we still thought was pretty good going into this, and I think they're a solid Big Ten team. But the way they just dominated that game, overcame a little adversity with that kickoff return and touchdown, And then Nebraska just went in there and it was like, okay, overcome adversity early, but there's never any doubt. Like I didn't really have much doubt when Minnesota went up that Illinois was going to win that game. So I just think you should be very confident in Illinois, the way it's playing, the way it's coached, the way it's led by its players and the way they're executing.
1: Yeah. I I know just with everything going on in Michigan state, like there's been, we've seen people online. Could this be a trap game? I don't think Brett... Like, it sounds stupid. I don't think Brett Bielema even allows that thought to creep in. And frankly, what Brett Bielema thinks, it does not take long for the entire room, the entire building to think like that. He's
0: so good at attacking that stuff. Like, he's done it this week. Like, he he told us. He presents them with all the things that are being said about them because he wants to give them the message to take home about it. He doesn't just let it fester say, oh, these guys will handle it. No, he goes, this is the message. Here's what we need to focus on. So he address. I think that's really important to it, especially with 18 to 24-year-olds or whatever they are. Who have like, never experienced this before. Yeah. To address those things, here's how you need to think about it. Here's what we need to focus on. It's great that you're getting some of this publicity, but it don't matter if we lose to Michigan State. So we need to lock in and focus on how we're going to defend Keon Coleman. Right? Like, he's, he's so good at that. And that wasn't happening in the previous administration.
1: Yeah, and I... Can Illinois really be like just where this program has been? They're not a team that should have to fear a trap game because they've been the team so often trapping other opponents. Like, I just don't know that, like, where this, like, how how can Alex Palczewski, who's been there forever, who I I don't think I'm wrong, he's still got a below 500 record as a college athlete. Like, how, how could you even think like something's the trap game? I, I just don't see how this team, it, now maybe in four or five years if they continue to do this. Like maybe that could be a case. I don't know that Brett Bielema would allow it. I just think it's too early to think teams like a team like Illinois, who's really good, could take anyone for granted because they've been on the other side of that.
0: The other thing that Brett Bielema does, he still treats him like an underdog. It's us against the world. It's us against everybody. That's what he keeps saying to everybody. Like this team still feels like the underdog, and kudos to them for that because they play I like they play like it.
1: I like to picture him and, like, Brad Underwood on the phone. It's like midnight, and they're just talking, like, how can we do this? Because I mean, Brad Underwood does the same thing. Maybe, do you think when Brad read that, he just, like, one single tear, <laughs> Ultimate's face is like, you know what? They get it over there. I think he just dropped an F-bomb, followed by yeah. <laughs> so so somewhere one single tear rolled from Alex Palchewski's face when he yes. realized someone else yeah. said that, too. Absolutely. <laughs> All
0: right. Um, I think we say it. I think, I think Illinois should win this game and set up what is a the biggest game for the program since the Rose Bowl.
1: There we go. Okay. My last thing here. Every week, you see somewhere like, this is the biggest game. Okay. It's a big game because Illinois football yeah. is in the atmosphere of big big games right now. And they're not falling out of that yeah. this season. This is different, right? Like, this is the biggest game since – Wisconsin or probably maybe Iowa, but definitely Wisconsin.
0: You're talking about Purdue, the Purdue game?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, not Michigan State.
0: Yeah, because you could lose to Michigan State, still beat Purdue and beat Northwestern and clinch, right? Like, you could s- still do that. Um, the Purdue game is different because it's a, it's a championship game berth. It's something they've never done before. And, and then the if,
1: road is really hard if you lose.
0: Yeah, and and if you – Because Purdue's got an easy schedule after that, Northwestern Indiana. So, yeah, you need to win that game regardless of what happens against Michigan State. And then, yes, that sets up the next biggest game, which would be Michigan. We'd be talking about, like, but there's nothing to lose there. Like, there's something to lose if you lose to Purdue, right? Like, there's really not much to lose to Michigan when you're going to be a double-digit underdog to a top-five team on the road, even if you're a top-ten team.
1: Yeah, 100%. I just... I get it because this is also new. Like, it's like every week, it's "It's the biggest game. It's not. Purdue is. Purdue is a, that is, maybe, maybe I'm just a sucker for the storylines, but like story wise, what it means to your program, the birth, that is, it's a huge game. Should have a good crowd. Senior day. Alex Falcheschi's fifth at Illinois, only his third, I think, as long as my math is right so it's a big one man you gotta you gotta take care of business against Michigan State to make it into that big of a game because if you lose to Michigan State I think you would still feel good but like you can just shut the door on a a November twelfth. it's crazy
0: think you know the Brooks Ghost think again introducing the all new better than ever Ghost 16 now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight supreme softness that feels good every step every street every single day so go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, Joey. Brett B almost said after the oh Nebraska boy. game, in the next 24 hours, they should get a commitment. Maybe they did. It hasn't been announced. It's been 135 hours, I think. Since
1: that Is that what month? you're doing the math for? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you're way better at math than I
0: am. What do you think? I mean, it's clear they got a commitment, right? It's just not out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I think they.
0: And they did a yeah, great I'm job sure. of not letting it leak out there.
1: Yeah, it's. I get it, man. <laughs> like Brett, here's the thing, and I don't think we've gotten a chance to say this yet. I don't like. I know Brett Beal is very calculated in everything he says from the podium. Uh, he corrected me today by saying "burn a red shirt" when he, when the the real term that he would like to use is "maximize an opportunity." Like little things like that. Yeah, <laughs> Brett Bealum, like he's very calculated up there. But I don't think he went into that press conference at Minnesota or Nebraska expecting to say that because he was, he was walking off the is a dais. I guess it's not necessarily yeah. a before. Park. I was like,
0: "Yeah, I got one more." Yeah,
1: and he's like, "Ah, right, great." And we're this all the Werner guy like, again. Wern, Freaking Werner got another <laughs> one. Good Lord. And, and then he brought it up into that in his conversation. But if Brett Bielma really wanted to say that, he's working that sucker into the opening statement without, without a doubt, or at least the first like two questions. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that he like spoiled any moment or anything, but I don't know that like it was his intent to say it there. Does that ultimately matter? I don't know. But I just think it's interesting because usually. Yeah, usually if Brad Bielema wants to say something, it's clear. So, so of
0: course we dig on this, right? Like to see who sure. could it be. Um, my my guy, because he mentioned JUCOs in the conversation, but then when you listen back to it, it might not have been Ju- like. So my first thought was Keyshawn Blackstock, who took an official visit. Uh, you know, digging more into it, he's planning on taking more official visits. Like probably all five. Uh, so he's taking an official visit to Illinois, but he's in the middle of a season. Probably wants to take four more. So probably closer to December. Uh, Malik Elzey, don't think that's going to be done quite yet. Um, I think Illinois is in a good spot right now, but I don't think that's imminent. Uh, the guy I think you feel great about is the guy visiting this weekend for an official, and that's a Kent State commitment, a three-star edge rusher. Maverick Gracio out of Florida um, plays for the infamous Jack Daniels down at Cardinal Newman in West Palm Beach really good edge rusher and even our guy andrew ivan said I'm, I'm surprised this guy was committed to kent state when i went back and kind of did an audit of florida uh certainly thinks he's a power five prospect having a huge year 20 tackles for a loss, 17 sacks uh, and just another very explosive um bigger six 230 pounds at outside linebacker him and calvin smith you had that to you know, along with Pat Farrell, who I think is a different kind of player, different kind of outside linebacker, you add that to what you already have with Gabe Ackes, Jared Beatty, Alec Bryant. I'm thinking long term here. Seth Coleman certainly has two years of eligibility left. I don't know if he'll reach that. Um, that's that's a heck of an outside linebacker room that Kevin Kane is starting to build.
1: Yeah, it's it was good before. Like uh maverick gracio's name started servicing around but that that's the one that seems to be moving pretty quick doesn't it yeah i mean get, it's a kent state commitment offer, go visit take yeah. an
0: official visit yeah i, I don't think anyone's be surprised if, if he would commit
1: yeah and no we don't know if that's who brett bielma yeah was referring to uh but it, 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 we're now in the middle of or early december i should say or november goodness the the list is smaller yes right like unless it's somebody from like Brett Bielma, and I think they're very aware of if we offer. And you've seen it; they offer, and then a slew of other offers come in. So unless there's somebody just completely off the radar, but I, I don't know that that's the case. Unless um, it's a
0: Sidney Brown here.
1: Yeah. So well, who's unless this it's something like signing it's, day, it, huh? it's, Yeah, if it's someone like that, and but otherwise, you just look at the targets they have. Let's go down. Jire Hill. The gets,
0: yeah, yep. Gyre Hill seems like he's taking his time, was going to visit Michigan again. Uh, Malik Elzey said he might take more visits, so that's what we told our guy, Ryan Easterling. Maverick Gracio, Keyshawn Blackstock, Isavion Miller, the old Miss commit Juco offensive lineman. They've looked at a couple other Juco offensive linemen. That's about it, right? When we talk about prep and Juco targets that we know as of this moment.
1: <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. So like, it, if you're, trying I would to imagine do the, we
0: name the guy. <laughs> like, it's it's probably gonna be one of those guys. I just don't know which one.
1: Yeah, I don't either. But, but Maverick it's, gracio it's would down. be my
0: highest confidence, right? I mean, that's that's just obvious. Just look at the timeline. Yeah, the timeline screams it. Well,
1: will this commitment, this mystery man commitment, happen before? I think it's next next week. It's Thursday, I suppose. Illinois basketball first signing period.
0: See, I don't know because I expect I, Gracio, I, don't know who it is. I expect right. Gracio to be committed by them, but is he the guy? I don't know. It's fantastic. I don't know. It's, it's great. It, a little tease to throw out there to people, and then they spend a week talking about it, but they're talking about adding to your program. So it's genius marketing again yeah, from Brett Bielma, even if he wasn't thinking about it in the moment. Just that, that was
1: just my way of weaving into that. Holy crap. I, usually, like early basketball signing period, we're like, what? And now it's like, wait a minute. There's still... There's still football. I know oh. I've made that point a lot, but that next week, by the way, I just recently learned.
0: Yeah. Dre gibbs Lahore, Imani Hansberry, Does Zachary Perrin, Perrin. In- well,
1: I as I, that was made very clear to me in an uncomfortable question in a press <laughs> conference with Brad Underwood, they cannot talk about him, which would require some sort of signature so. Uh, from the young man uh, again. So we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: All right. Great stuff. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Follow our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating review if you're on Apple. Check us out on YouTube. You can see our ugly mugs uh, on YouTube. Uh, also, Jay Lehman, Mike Latulip, Derek Piper. We're going to get Piper back on the pod uh, with after the Eastern Illinois game. We're going to have a, a Latulip pod here on Friday. So kind of take you into your weekend. Uh, talking a little hoops after the exhibition game. Uh, I still got to dig into that. So, I can be uh well informed on it. Uh, but thank you for following us on YouTube. We appreciate that. And you can go a VIP at align I as always. Alan True, a new VIP crystal ball pick, is in today, so you can check that out. Just one dollar for your first month at Align I Inquire. Thanks for listening to the line choir podcast. We'll talk to you next time, right here on the Align Inquire Podcast.
1: Bye, everybody.